their first first round pick in nine years. And previous management had had a different plan on how to deal with draft picks, but we uh, we covet draft picks, and uh, you know, so it's an important uh, week for us leading up to the draft here. Well, definitely. Well, we'll uh, we'll get right into it here with you and start uh, just picking your brain on things here. Uh, we talked uh, we talked tonight as well to uh, Jim Veltman, obviously the GM for the Riptide, and we just got his uh, you know his take on what he looks for building a team. I want to ask you, Dan, when you're putting together a team here, we we seen what you did with uh, you know Biz Nasty and the fun things you know to get eyeballs onto the team, um, you know, but you, you do different things throughout the draft to to try to build this up and and have fun with it. Um, for you guys, what are you guys looking to add? to this squad and, and not just for this, you know, upcoming season, but obviously for the future as well. Do you feel there's key positions and key holes that need to be filled that you can address through the draft? And like you said, you covet draft picks. So obviously there's got to be some things you're looking at here. Well, I mean, ideally we, we'd like to, you know, we got Reed Bowring last year who we, we feel is going to be, he's like a, a new age hybrid player that can play at both ends. You know, we'd like to get another <clears throat> D tranny guy, but you know, if the right player is not available for us, um, there's some really, really high-end offensive players uh, coming out of Ontario that um, might be available in, in the four hole, and, and uh, we're certainly, uh, you know, we, we'd uh, love to pick one of those as well. I mean, uh, you can't turn a blind eye to the talent that uh, is going to be available there. What we're not going to do is we're not going to, um, you know, draft a player that, say, is eighth or ninth on our board just because he fits into the need that we, um, you know, have on the on the back end. We're going to take the best player available, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, no, it's not a cliche thing to say. I mean, the best player available, if someone falls in your lap, you definitely have to take them. Um, for you guys, obviously... You know, you had the draft last year. We lost the season, uh, free agency, and everything like that. Um, what are you guys looking for out of this draft to, to build towards for the Warriors? And then obviously going into camp, it's going to be a lot more players than I think a lot of teams are used to having at a camp. But obviously you want to give everybody a fair shake and see what you have. I'm wondering, is there anything you're looking for in particular out of the guys that you get this weekend and out of the guys that you've already got? We've talked about who you got last year as your coveted pick, but is there anyone else you're looking for and what strikes a, a player for you, Dan, that is a guy that can definitely contribute and be a part of this roster? Well, one of the things we've tried to address in the three years that we've been with the club here is making sure that you surround yourself with both coaching staff and players that have character on and off the floor. And so we weeded out uh, players that may not fit into that category. And, and so... When you add players like, um, you know, uh, Brett Mitski that we got two years ago as a UFA or Garrett McIntosh on the back end, and, and you, recently we added Marty Dinsdale, these guys have all won at uh, uh, the NLL level and, and at the junior level, and then you throw in a guy like Reed Bowering last year. Those are the types of players that we want to build our, uh, you know, be our core players moving forward. We don't have the depth that uh, some of the other teams in the league have. That's what we're working towards. You know, when we started uh, three years ago, we were left with uh, three uh, picks, and our first pick wasn't until the fourth round, and we had to live with that for two years, year one, year two. 
now we're, we're at the point where we're drafting in the first and second rounds. Next year, our cupboard is starting to fill up. We've got 10 picks coming in the, the 2022 draft. And so, it, again, it's back to the mantra about the draft picks are so important to us. So this year, um, very talented offensive, uh, four or five guys that are very talented offensively. And then you've got some really good uh, detransition guys that are right in the mix there. So uh, either way, we're going to end up with a very good player. Um, and uh, that's what that's what we're excited about. No, definitely. We go and you talk about the, uh, the draft capital the Warriors have. And, you know, I'm wondering for this season, you never want to say a season – you know, you're you're going into it with the mindset that you're gonna, you know, maybe you know, coop more assets and you know, build towards the next draft and and make sure that you're you know, setting yourself up for the future, like you said. Um, but what is the mindset going into this season? Obviously, every team wants to win a championship, but for you guys, is there a strategy in place here um, that you're willing to follow through and, and not deviate from? Well, I mean, realistically, when we look at um some of the other teams, specifically in the Western Division, our goal this year is to get in the playoffs and get our players a taste of what it is to play at LL playoffs, and um, and then keep building for you know a year or two down the road where we can compete for a championship. You know, uh, anything can happen in the NLL when you get into the playoffs because they're short. You know, series. The first one, the first series is uh, a one-game series, and that gets into the multiple games, but. Um, so obviously our goal is to get into the playoffs and then go from there. Um, it's important that uh, players, especially the young players, get the, um, the taste of what it's like to compete in a playoff series. And so that's really what our goal is this year is to, to, get, to push these guys into the playoffs. Well, definitely. Well, I'm hogging all the questions here, Josh. Do you got a couple questions here for Dan as well? <laughs> yeah. Uh, hi, Dan. Thanks for doing this. Hi. Um, yeah. How, how how much do you value like a player's what they can bring to the dressing room? So say you got a guy who's you know he's always in good spirits, he's bringing the drive, he's a real good team player. Do you value that in your draft stock, or am I overthinking that you know a front office values that more than their um, more than I think they are? Well, it certainly comes into the mix. You know, we we have our, our scouts and our coaching staff that. Uh, you know, uh, this year has been a little bit different because, you know, there hasn't been that much um, lacrosse being played other than the different showcases that have been being put on by Ontario and BC. But, you know, we, we obviously look at the lacrosse talent first and foremost, but then we dig into what type of individual are they. And we do that through our interview process and then talking with our scouts. And we also talk with the, the coaches of these players and find out what type of individual, what type of teammate is he. And um, that definitely adds into the uh, the thought process when we're we're going to uh, make a decision on a young guy. For sure, uh, I don't know if you're able to elaborate on this, but what's that interview process like for the player? What do you try and see what they have? Do you throw any questions out of them that might throw them off a little bit? Yeah, I mean they're very casual. First thing you want to do is you know they're they're young kids and and I'm sure they're very nervous, so you want to relax them and. You know, ask them some non-lacrosse related questions just to get them talking. And, you know, um, one of the questions I ask quite often is, like, what is your life plan? Where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm, I'm specifically talking about outside of lacrosse. I know you want to be a lacrosse player and, and you want to play in the NLL, but what do you have planned? You know, are you going to university? Are you getting a trade? Or what is your plan? Where do you see yourself in five years? And then you let 
let him explain what he's doing, and then you you find out a little bit about okay, well this guy this kid's got his head screwed on straight because he, he he's got a life plan. Right. Um, no, I think I think that's so important because I hear stories, especially out of the hockey world, where some of the interviews can be super intimidating and it kind of throws the players off, and maybe they don't get the best first impression. So. You know, I, I like the way the way you guys approach these interviews. Sounds like you're doing it. You're doing it right. Yeah, we don't we don't want to put any fear into them. We want to relax them and get them to just you know talk to us. And a lot of the questions are, um, I would say, more on the non lacrosse related. Trying to get to know the individual. We do ask some specific lacrosse ones, like like who do you uh, you know um, model your game after, and, and get them talking about that. But more of it is just finding out what makes this kid tick, and, and uh, you'd be surprised on, on on how these kids respond. Right. Were those? Uh, I'm just curious. Were those done in person, or were they virtual this year? Virtual. Um, we did. Uh, in fact, we did the BC ones virtual too, with COVID and all that. So um, the beauty of the Zoom call. Um, <laughs> we just yeah, did right. a couple. <clears throat> we just did a couple tonight here uh, as we were finishing up our. Uh, a draft book, so uh, yeah, no, and the, you know, uh, very impressed with the, the kids that we've interviewed. Awesome, sounds good. Have you uh, have you noticed like obviously with COVID and everything going on, um, you know, maybe a different shift in the mentality in players and things like that, just the way they're, you know, some players haven't been able to play and train and do the things they're usually able to do. Um, have you noticed a, a kind of shift in the way the guys are taking care of themselves and keeping, I guess, game ready? Well, it's. Uh, not so much with the, you know the, uh, you know the potential drafts, but with our existing players, it's certainly been a challenge. And we're, you know, we actually had a meeting today talking with our, our uh, physio and our trainers that we're really concerned with moving in. Like camp is for us is uh, 62 or 63 days away. It's going to come quickly, and uh, our. Um, training staff was involved with the BC Lions training staff and uh, you know the stories they're telling us coming out of that training camp is the amount of injuries that uh, the football players got and they were mostly um, uh, tendon and muscle injuries so we're concerned about you know our guys haven't really played at a high level for two years and you know we're going to have a fairly large camp you're allowed to have up to 40 well we're going to be close to that. And so these young guys and the veterans are going to want to show their coaches in a very short period, you know, that they're ready to play. Well, we're going to have to pull back on the reins on, on this and, and kind of ease them into this. Knowing for a while we only have five weeks of training camp, but we can't do it the way we've done it in the past where, I mean, literally the first couple of weeks, they're going full tilt. And um, we're just very worried about injuring these guys because they haven't played at this level for so many years, for two years. And, you know, you, you speak about talking with the training staff and everything like that. Uh, what kind of discussions go into that? You know, obviously you want to get these guys up to full conditioning, but it's going to be very difficult. And obviously then you add in training camp and guys wanting to battle prefer spots on the team. Um, how do you, I guess, how do you manage that? How do you get these guys to where they need to be? Yeah, we're, um, you know, what comes into play there is the CBA we're, uh, and, and the uh, NLPA. We're, we're only allowed to have a X amount of practices, so we can't have a workout with these guys like right now. So 
the draft, but also talking to our existing roster players that we've got under contract to, to ask them those very questions and, and remind them of what, what's been happening in other sports coming out of COVID, that you've got to make sure that you're getting your stretches and your, your exercise in so that when we October 29th comes around, we're ready to go. And so it's mainly... Um, having that trust relationship with the, with the athlete that they're doing that stuff because we can't um, we can't currently you know control that because it's outside of the realm of the uh, NLLPA what they allow so um, you, you really rely on your captains and um, <clears throat> and your leadership group to ensure that they're doing that on their own well definitely I mean it's it's definitely going to be I think trial and error for every team you know, with players and different things. And you probably will see some players, unfortunately, go down with injuries. Um, for you guys, you talked a little bit earlier about not having the depth that some other teams do have. Um, just per se, there is injuries and things that do crop up. Um, do you have any contingency plans in place or players that you're looking to maybe fill those voids with with younger guys? Or is it just going to be uh, all hands on deck, so to speak? Well, you know, we're, it'll be the next next man up next mentality man. because uh, you know we're we're probably going to have around thirty eight to forty guys come to camp, and we, you know we have a ballpark idea of which guys are going to make that you know twenty one plus four. Um, but you know that's what you're hoping for in these drafts is that you're finding a diamond in the rough. And, you know, a good example is uh, I got, I'll say last year, but it wasn't last year; it was two years ago. Uh, we picked up Derek Lloyd in the fourth, I believe it was the fourth round. I'd have to go back and, and you know, he's turned into a, you know, um, we think we've got something there. And so that's what we're looking for in the, in these drafts in the, in the middle to late rounds is you get, you get a diamond in the rough that, uh, you know, and he shows something in camp and then you find a way to make sure that he makes that roster or the practice roster so that you have, you start building on that depth that you have. And that's one of the areas that, you know, especially on the D side, that we're we're concentrating on moving into this draft. Well, definitely. Well, I'll ask you this question here. Uh, every GM kind of has their stamp of uh, of approval on a team of what they want the team to be, uh, whether it's tough, whether it's fast, good transition, good D. Um, for you, Dan, what kind of team do you look to build, and what do you want that identity to be for that squad? Well, you know, we've... We've um, tried to concentrate on from the back end out. You know, we've brought in two. We're bringing four goalies to camp. Um, three of them are veterans, um, and then and then we've really tried to build the depth with the D. And we think that that's that's the basis of um, you know our success is going to be our goaltending and our D. We like what we have up front with our offense. Um, but we really want to make sure that we've got um, a solid D, and we think we've improved our D to the point that that's going to help us improve our goaltending, our goals against. We need to bring our goals against down, and, you, and that starts with a good solid D. And, you know, by adding guys like Reed Powering and, and uh, Brett Metzke and McIntosh and, and a couple other guys, we think that that's, uh, we're taking baby steps in that, that direction. So, as an overall product this year for the the Vancouver Warriors, we, we talked, you know, just before we jumped on, about, you know, this season coming up, just so a little preview. 
Um, what can fans expect? What can fans expect out of the uh, the Vancouver Warriors? You talked about wanting to make the playoffs and give some of the guys a taste of what the NLL playoffs are like. Um, so you, you're picturing this team kind of being that team that may be a pain in the butt for other teams and, you know, putting themselves in a position to battle for that spot? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're uh, you know, um, the West Division is a tough division. Only three teams are guaranteed playoff spot. The fourth team has to have more points than the fifth-place team out of the East. So, you know, it, you know, it's a tough division. So we're, we're going to have to make hay at home. We're going to have to make Rogers Arena in Vancouver a tough place for teams to come in and, and play. I think our fans are going to like the additions. Like since we've last played almost 650 days ago, um, we've made five or six pretty substantial moves, and then we've got this draft coming up. So we're going to be a different team than, than what they last saw, and um, that's exciting for us. And uh, um, I think our fans, as far as the style of play, we, we want to be a really high-tempo transition team that moves the ball up the floor well. And uh, when we get it up the floor, turn it over to the offense, and um, you know, be a dynamic offense that moves the ball well, and, and uh, have have a mixture of good outside shooters and guys that will go into the dirty areas. But on the DN, we want to make it tough on on uh, on the offense to come into our zone and, and punish them wherever we can. And uh, we've got some guys that can run the floor well now, so we're, we're pretty excited about that. What's the sense of excitement going into the the season? You just mentioned six hundred plus days without you know having a full season, and what's it like in Vancouver? Because uh, you know I'm based in Hamilton, and you are the players excited, fans excited? Can you feel it building? Is it slowly building over time, or are these guys just ready to go? Well, what we're seeing with um, you know they've had a junior showcase and they had, uh, senior B and Ladner played uh, North Shore in an eight game series. And uh, now the Salmon Bellies are playing uh, an all-star team from this XLL Arena League uh, this week. And what we're seeing, because um, we've been, a, myself and the coaches have been to all these games, is a really good turnout. In and so what that's telling me is there's lacrosse star fans out there that want to see um, lacrosse at a high level. So that's that's exciting for us because, you know, we've got a very good product. Um, and so when... Uh, Connect Sports and Entertainment, when they get all their people back, because they're, they're right in a huge hiring mode right now, that's going to be our push, is to really push the uh, fact that we've got, you know, five or six new players that our, our fans haven't seen, and uh, um, push the fact that, uh, you know, when COVID hit, you know, we, we had a fairly uh, good start to the season, then we tapered off a little bit, but you, you can see the momentum, in, especially in the fan. We were starting to grow that fan base where we were getting six and seven thousand plus fans, and we the lower bowl was around nine thousand. Well, we wanted to get that lower bowl filled. We think this year we'll achieve that. We need to get off to a good start, and we need to show the fans that we've improved the product on the floor. We're very confident that those lacrosse fans will come back. And obviously, TSN's jumping in this year. What are your thoughts on this whole uh, you know, partnership with TSN for the next couple of years? Pretty excited. Um, you know, I've been a huge proponent of, 
you know, you got to get eyeballs on the game. And, you know, when you talk to people who have never been to a lacrosse game, you get them out to the game and they don't realize, oh, geez, that's a lot of fun. I love the speed. I love the hitting. I love the scores, the goal scoring and the, uh, the athleticism. And so getting that on TV on a, on a regular Saturday night across Canada is going to be exciting for the teams in Canada that, um, hey, um, it's going to get more eyeballs on the sport. So we're, we're really excited about that. I think that all Canadian matchup that they're uh, that they're going to have as it goes and is going to be awesome to watch. Just no, nothing beats two Canadian teams going at it. Yeah, we've got a you know Calgary and Saskatchewan. We've got a really a really good uh, hate on for each other, and uh, that's part of the rivalry. And so um, you know, we're we're looking forward to that. And we've got we haven't got the schedule out yet, but we know that we're going to be playing the Western teams three times each and we only play uh, the East three times uh, we go to Halifax and then Toronto and Buffalo come to us well I look forward to seeing you guys here in Halifax that's for sure um, yeah we, we touched on the uh, the TSN deal there for a moment um, what is your overall thoughts obviously um, it seems the league is growing it's healthy it's vibrant um, a lot of good things coming they're announcing new things all the time. Expansion is huge. We had Nick Sakavich on last week. He was talking about wanting this league to be up to 31 teams or 30 teams. Uh, that's his vision. Uh, for you, the league seems to be in a really good place, probably one of the best places it's been in a long while. Um, what do you think attributes to that? And, you know, we're talking about getting eyeballs on the sport. Um, what does the league need to do beyond just being on TSN to keep that momentum going in your eyes there, Dan? I think that, that the NLL, uh, both uh, Nick and uh, Jessica, have done a, a really good job of attracting not only new uh, expansion teams, but the ownership groups that they're bringing in are first class. And I think everything you always hear it starts at the top. Uh, um, you know, Joseph Sy runs the he's the owner of San Diego and will be the owner of Las Vegas. First class individual with uh, very deep pockets. And uh, when you see our league attracting um, ownership like that in, in locations like San Diego and, and Las Vegas and Halifax, like these are, um, you know, so it's very exciting. So we're, we're going to get a 16th team, and I, I assume it's going to be somewhere in the West to balance out the East-West thing. And, you know, I know Nick is talking about going to 30 or 32 teams. Um, I, 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 my only thought there is that we, you know, maybe need to take a, a break after 16 and everybody catch their breath and then have a, you know, go two years out and add some more teams. But those decisions are made well above my pay grade. But I mean, <laughs> if someone was asking me, that's what I would say is like, get to 16, give it a year break, and then go from there and keep, keep attracting those top end ownership groups. Um, and uh, I think the sky's the limit for this sport. You know, the lacrosse is uh, um, anybody that has gone out and watched the game. You know, it's uh, it's a great sport that you can fall in love with quickly. No, you definitely fall in love with the game quickly. I, I got to experience a lot of the Toronto Rock games when I was younger than coming and living in Halifax and seeing the Thunderbirds and just the way they were received. And th the buzz around here about them is still huge, so we can't wait for them to get back on the floor. Um before we let you go tonight, Dan, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. Um, you know, last year during the draft, there was trades, there was 
a lot of excitement and different things happening. Is there any tricks up the sleeve of the Vancouver Warriors here heading into the draft this weekend? Well, I can tell you uh, quite honestly that I've had five teams to date inquire about that number four pick. And um, I've told everybody and their dog that, you know, you know we're not in, uh, in the market to trade first-round picks. It's taken us so long to get back into the the draft race, but I'd be very stupid or naive, however you want to say it, not to listen to teams. Mm-hmm. So we've listened, and so far we're not liking what we're hearing, and so we're we're proceeding with the plans to, to use that number four pick and, and get a very good player. But you know, it's only uh, what is it today, Tuesday? Yeah. There's a lot of things that could happen between now and uh, four o'clock uh, Western uh, Pacific time on. Uh, on Saturday, so you know we're we're willing to listen, but it has to be someone's going to have to wow us out of our seat for us to give up that number four pick. Oh, for sure. Like you said, there's some top players there in the first five picks, so it definitely yeah. would have to be a jaw dropping deal to see you guys move off of that. So I don't see it happening, but you got to ask. It's the juice that everybody wants, right? And that's what fuels the. Uh, the people watching and listening, right? They want to they want to hear those words that, hey, you know, maybe we might or it could happen. You never know. And those things get everybody talking. So you got to get the chatter around the draft. Well, we moved up on a, on a draft day deal last year to number two to make sure we got re-powering. So anything can happen. Like we, uh, and if I had a chance to do that deal again, I'd do it in the second. Uh, re-powering is a very special individual. And our fans are just going to... Uh, you know, fall in love with the kid. He's a he's a really dynamic player, and so we're hoping that uh, Saturday evening that we come away with uh, someone something very similar that we got last year, and, and we'll be we'll be on our way. Well, we're looking forward to seeing that, Josh. Before we let Dan go, is there anything else you want to throw out there? Hmm. Think we might have lost Josh there. Oh, that's all right. All right. Well, Dan, I want to thank you very much for. Joining us tonight on Offside LAX, it's great to have you on. Can't wait to see what the Vancouver Warriors do this weekend with the draft. And I wish you all the best, my friend, on Saturday night. Thanks very much for having me on. Uh, I listen to you guys. You do a great job and keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Dan. We look forward to talking to you down the line. Okay, thanks. All right, so that is Offside LAX, where lacrosse comes to talk. (laughs) 